This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. New content will be available every week throughout 2015. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. Luke's Gospel, chapter 8. Luke's Gospel, chapter 8. Reading from verse 43. Luke 8, 43. Now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. Jesus says, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you, and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. And she declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how he had healed her immediately. And he said to her, daughter, Be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. The same uh, incident is also recorded in Mark's Gospel 5 and Matthew's Gospel chapter 9. Gravity is a very strange thing indeed. Of all of the powers and forces in the universe, gravity is by far the weakest. For example... I hold in my hand a drinking straw. All the gravity on planet Earth cannot take that straw from my hand. If I open my hand, of course, and I let it drop, it's gravity that pulls it down. But it's so weak that it cannot take it out of my hand. And yet that same gravity is what holds everything on this planet, on this planet. Without that, we would fall off the planet. In fact, the same gravity that keeps our planet in orbit, and our moon in orbit, and our sun in orbit, is the same gravity that keeps the whole universe going in orbit. And yet, it is very, very weak. But what it lacks in strength, it makes up for in tenacity. What it lacks in strength, it makes up for in tenacity. It is relentless, unyielding, unstoppable in its operation. Yes, I know that we've all seen it, that in the International Space Station, you see those astronauts, and they seem to be floating around. Actually, they're in free fall. Actually, the whole International Space Station is being dragged by gravity towards the Earth, and it's only its speed and velocity that keeps it on that orbit. Otherwise, it would come crashing down. What it lacks in strength, it makes up for in tenacity. You have to admire people 
who has tenacity. What they lack in strength, they make up for in tenacity. I I can look across this congregation today and I could point out to you a number of people who over this past while has faced enormous, enormous challenges and yet in spite of those challenges, their tenacity has kept them going. They've had tons of opportunities to quit, to give up, to give in, to walk away, but they are tenacious. Yes, at times they have felt their weakness, their vulnerability. At times, no doubt, doubts and anxiety, maybe even at some point despair came. But in spite of all of that, they're still here today. They're still praising God. They're still going forward in Christ. They've got tenacity. They just refuse to give up. I admire people who just simply refuse to give up. This little woman with the issue of blood was just like that. Her battle was hard fought. It was 12 long years. Most would have thrown in the towel long ago, but not her. She had tried every supposed cure there was. She had tried everything she knew to do. She had spent every penny she had. All her savings were gone. She could have quit and gave up, and nobody would have blamed her. I certainly couldn't have blamed her. I've seen over the years a number of people, particularly those who were faced with great health challenges, and I've seen them get to the point where they were just so tired and weary that they gave up. And I can't lay blame. I can't blame them. I've never been there. I've never had an illness like that. I've never walked in their shoes. So how can I blame them? But this woman has walked in her shoes. And this woman did not give up. This woman had tenacity. Yes, she was weak. Yes, there was times, I'm sure, she didn't know what was going to happen next to her. But in spite of it, she just would not quit. And her story is here to encourage us today. What about her condition? Her condition was untreatable. In fact, it was incurable. She had tried every medicine known to man. In fact, I was reading the other day that in the Talmud, which are Jewish writings, that the list of concoctions that were made up for somebody in this condition to take, you would not believe. And no doubt she tried all of them, but none of them worked. In fact, every day she was getting worse. Her condition was incurable. What about her position? You see, her position, her, sorry, her condition affected her position. Her condition affected her position in society. It affected her position in the community, within her family, 
within her church life. She could not, was not allowed to go to the temple, was not allowed to go to the synagogue. She could have went, but she was not allowed to go. It was almost like leprosy. Everything this woman touched was considered ceremonially unclean. The very bed that she lay in, the very chair that she sat in. If anybody else sat in that chair, lay in that bed, they would be also considered ceremonially unclean. Would have to wash their clothes, would have to bathe themselves, and do nothing until the evening was passed. So you can imagine the stigma and the shame. You can imagine how ostracized she felt from society and from church life and from family even. If she was married, if she had children, she certainly had parents. But all of those who would touch her or anything she had touched would be considered unclean, could not have went to the tabernacle, went to the temple or went to the synagogue until they had bathed, until they had washed, until the evening was over. And so this woman's condition affected her position. Often a person who faces a great trial, a great crisis, their condition affects their position. It may be sickness, it may be bereavement, maybe loss of a job, maybe failure of a business. And what they find is their condition affects their position. Suddenly they're finding it harder to maintain family relations. Suddenly they're finding it harder to maintain relations within their social circle where they're not able to do what they used to do, where they cannot go where they used to go, where they cannot be with the people they used to be with. And so their condition has affected their position. Just doing the normal daily day-to-day -day things becomes much harder to maintain. Whenever we're all in good health and whenever everything is right with the world and the sun's shining, then we can continue as we were. But when some crisis hits, suddenly everything is out of sync and we just can't do what we used to do or go where we used to go or be what we used to be. Our condition often affects our position. Her determination. Even though this woman was physically weak, she had this for 12 years. Certainly must have had a great iron deficiency. I'm sure there was times she felt so weak she could hardly drag herself out of bed or lift a cup. But what she lacked in strength, she made up for in tenacity. She just would not give up. Someone said, it's not the size of the dog that's in the fight that counts, it's the size of the fight that's in the dog that counts. Luke said that a multitude thronged Jesus. And the woman came from behind to touch his clothes. Considering her condition, that was no mean feat. 
I mean, that must have been difficult, to say the least. Excuse me, this microphone around my ear is giving me jip today. My father used to have a hearing aid. I was in the company of pastors yesterday, and one was wearing a hearing aid, and it kept squealing. And it reminded me of my dad. My dad had a hearing aid that used to keep squealing, and every now and again he took it off and he threw it against the wall. I don't know how many hearing aids he went through in his life. So I better keep sanctified with this thing around my ear today in case it comes flying your direction. <laughs> wouldn't want that. Sure we wouldn't. And so a, a multitude was thronging Jesus, and she had to make her way to him. No matter what, no matter how difficult it was, no matter what was going to get in her way, she was absolutely determined to get to Jesus. This was the closest she had ever got to receiving her miracle. And there were so many obstacles in the way. Sometimes when you get closest to getting your breakthrough, that's when you find obstacles in the way. Sometimes people get in the way of you receiving your miracle. Whenever, if we had read the, the context that this story is in, we would have been reminded of the story of Jairus, the ruler of the synagogue, how he come to Jesus and his little daughter was dying. He says, Lord, would you come and heal my daughter? And so Jesus and Jairus headed towards Jairus' house. And the little woman then interrupted the whole proceedings. But when she got her miracle and they went on to Jairus' house, you remember how there was weeping and wailing and how that one came out of the house and said to Jairus, don't trouble the master, the teacher, any further. Your daughter is dead. And Jesus looked at him. He says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. I know what you've just heard. I know how you must feel. I'm sure Jairus' heart dropped into his boots. But Jesus says, don't be afraid. Actually, the little woman interrupted Jairus on his way. He saw her miracle, and I'm sure that greatly encouraged him. I'm sure that lifted up his faith. But by the time he got to his house, somebody said, you're too late. Don't bother. It's all over. You've had it. Somebody may not actually say those words to you, but by implication, they may want you to give up and to give in. Do you remember in Mark's Gospel, chapter 10? In fact, we should look at that. Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 46. Now they came to Jericho, 
And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Note this. Then many warned him to be quiet. When Luke records this, it says, and some rebuked him. <laughs> and many warned him to be quiet. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said unto him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. So many voices told him to be quiet and rebuked him, implying that he should shut up and give up. But he didn't. <laughs> he had tenacity. He just would not shut up. And Jesus admired that. Jesus loved that. The fact that he just would not give up. Sometimes, though, it's through the encouragement of others that you get your breakthrough. And that's the good part. Through the encouragement of others. You get your breakthrough in Mark's gospel again, chapter 2, this time. Verse 1, and again he entered Capernaum after some days. And it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them nor even near the door. Then he preached the word to them. And then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. And so when they had broken through, they let down the bed in which the paralytic was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, not just his, but their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit, they had reasoned thus within themselves. He said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, Arise, take up your bed and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out into the presence of them all, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We have never saw anything like this. Here were four men who encouraged this man 
in his faith. They encouraged him to come to Christ. And they would not be stopped. They would not take no for an answer, even to the point where they tore up the very roof in order to get him at the feet of Jesus. And so you may have some friends, you may have some loved ones, you may have somebody who's an encourager, who strengthens your hands, who encourages your faith. What about her faith? Her faith was no longer in man. Man had done everything he possibly could, and it still came up short. And so by this time, her faith was no longer in man. Now we believe that we should avail ourselves of every medical facility. There's nothing wrong with that. God has given us wise and skilled physicians. And that's fine. Dr. Luke was a physician. But there can't come a point when the very best of men and the very best that they have to offer is still not enough. And that was the position she was in. So her faith was no longer in man. Her faith now was in the Messiah. Her faith now was in the Messiah. We may wonder why it took her so long to come to Jesus. But then you have to understand the taboo around her condition, which we have briefly mentioned. For her to deliberately touch someone, especially a rabbi, to make them ceremonially unclean would have been a very disrespectful thing to do. And she knew it. And everybody would know it. And to do it in broad daylight <laughs> in front of everybody, that was going to take some courage. That was going to have to break all the rules of convention. But she had gone to the state where she had made up her mind. That's exactly what I'm going to do. But not wanting to be found out, she came behind Jesus. Now, I don't know whether you have ever been in a, a crushing crowd or not. Uh, even though it wasn't crushing, but I, I never forget one time Sally and I were in Hong Kong and we're getting the ferry over to Kowloon or wherever it was. And we'd never been there before, so we didn't know what to expect. And so we decided to go at rush hour. That wasn't our plan. We didn't know what rush hour was. We never even thought of rush hour. And so we had a, a kind of an idea where to go. We got our tickets, and suddenly we were swept along by masses of people all getting to the boats and the ferries. <laughs> and even if we had wanted to turn back, we couldn't. <laughs> there was no turning back. You were just swept along. And there was pressing. And this woman was in the midst of a multitude, a throng all pressing onto Jesus, everybody wanting to touch him. Because Jesus by this time was a celebrity. Everybody knew of him. And when he was in town, multitudes came. You've seen a sports star or somebody coming into 
the airport, we saw our football team recently, and there was multitudes came to cheer and to touch and to shake hands and to get a selfie taken. Well, here's this little woman, and she knows her condition. She knows all the convention that goes with it. And so she came behind Jesus in the middle of the multitude in the hope that nobody would notice, and especially the master. And who could blame her? All she wanted to do was get her healing and just move away. No fuss, no bother, no questions asked, no big hoo-ha. That was her. Matthew 9, 21, in the authorized version says, For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. No one told her to do this. She'd never seen this before. She said within herself, faith had risen up in her heart and the idea came to her within herself. Somebody didn't tell her what to do. It just rose up within her. And she said, if I can just touch his garment... That's all I've got to do. Just touch his garment and I shall be made whole. That was her faith. That was her trust. That's what she was believing. So this was her act of faith that rose up in her heart. Notice this. That though she had lost all her faith in man, she hadn't lost her faith in God. Now, the reason why I tell you that is this, that very often people, when they lose their faith in man, they lose their faith in God. When everything they have trusted in and every person they have trusted in fails them, they lose their faith in God too. I have lost count of the people I've known over the years who've walked away from the Lord because somebody failed them or something failed them. And they lost their faith in God. But this woman didn't. <laughs> Even though every person failed her, she says, God's not going to fail me. I'm still going on. I'm still pressing forward. That's tenacity, isn't it? And so in Luke 8, 44, it says, she came behind him and touched the border of his garment. The border of his garment, by the way, wasn't that part away down near his sandals. The talith that they wore, or you want to call it a prayer shawl, there's another name that it could be called too. The four corners at four tassels. I haven't time to go into all the meaning of all those things today, but that's what she was aiming for. That's what she was touching. And so she came in the press behind. And she must have had a push through 
And many times she was probably pushed back and pushed sideways. And Jesus kept going forward, but she just would not give up. Sometimes those tassels came tantalizingly close, almost made it, and then somebody pushed her. And she'd have to start all over again. But she was in sight of a miracle. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees for enlarging the borders of their garments. And that's what he was talking about. They made their borders bigger. They made their tassels bigger because they wanted to be seen to be more pious than anybody else. And Jesus rebuked them for that. For this little woman, she was absolutely determined. And this simple act of faith touched the omnipotence of God. The simple act of faith touched the omnipotence of God. Not that there's any healing power in that tassel on the Talith. But as an act of her faith reaching out, when she touched that tassel, she touched the very omnipotence of God. And immediately, instantly, she knew she was made whole of that plague. <laughs> so she must have felt something in her body. People who get healed doesn't always feel something in their body immediately, but she did. And in that instant, she was completely and utterly made whole. There was a divine connection between her need and his supply. There's a divine connection between her hurt and his healing, between her problem and his power. A divine connection. And that's what faith makes a divine connection. That's the currency of heaven. Let me just remind you again. She came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you and you say, who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me. Somebody touched me. Hmm. Somebody touched me. I know that somebody touched me because I felt power going out of me. Everybody was touching him physically, but somebody touched him spiritually. Everybody was touching him physically in the sense realm, but somebody in faith touched the omnipotence of God and he felt power immediately leaving him and he knew somebody had acted in faith. In another gospel it says he looked around and seeing the woman. So can you imagine when Jesus stopped and probably shouted 
because of the hubbub of the throng around him, somebody touch me. Everybody would stop instantly. And he would start to look around. Can you imagine how that wee woman felt? She must have wished the ground had opened up and swallowed her. The last thing she wanted for this to happen. <laughs> but Jesus wasn't going to let it pass. He looked around to see the woman who had done this. Now when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she probably stood behind some big boy <laughs> and jerked down as we would say. And maybe somebody did <laughs> point it, you know. When the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. Now Jesus was not wishing to embarrass this woman. And she must have felt a little bit embarrassed because she told the story. This is the reason why I touched you. This is my condition. But Jesus wanted her to give testimony to what he had done for her because he knew that testimony would encourage others. I said a few moments ago, Jairus was standing there beside Jesus. What an encouragement for him. His daughter's dying. His daughter was 12, by the way. She's in her 12th year. This woman suffered for 12 years. Coincidence? I don't know. But it must have encouraged Jairus. And so Jesus got her to testify of what he had done in her life. Testimony is a wonderful thing, isn't it? It's amazing the impact that your testimony can do to somebody else. Sometimes all the preaching you do at them is like water of a duck's back, but when you give them a personal testimony, this is how the Lord changed my life. This is what I was. This is what I am now today. This is what he's done for me. Boy, that can have an impact but notice what he said. Verse 48, he said to her, Daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Not the tassel on my garment, because then we would have got superstitious with such things. But your faith has made you well. Go in peace. <laughs> it's a wonderful story, isn't it? I love how this little woman just would not give up. And some of you here today are like that little woman. You have had a hundred opportunities to quit, but you haven't. You're still here today. You haven't given up. You're still going forward and reaching out to the Lord. I don't know if you ever read this before, but in Matthew 14, 
I'm sure you have, but maybe you never linked it. Your testimony can have impact on people. Towards the, right at the end of Matthew 14, and when they had crossed over, they came to the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized him, they sent out into all that surrounding region and brought to him all who were sick, note this, and begged him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched it were made perfectly well. <laughs> that little woman's testimony had spread far and wide, even across the Sea of Galilee into Gennesaret. And by the time Jesus went there at a later date, everybody knew about it. And they all had faith to believe. Like that little woman, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be whole. And they were. They did and they were. What a testimony of the power of God. So today, those of you who are facing great challenges, great difficulties, and you know who you are, and most of us know who you are, but some of you are facing things that very few know who you are. Because you've revealed it to very few. But God knows who you are. And you know who you are. And you're still here today. And you're still reaching out. And you still haven't quit. And you're not giving up. And you're pressing forward. Amen? Amen. So my encouragement to you today through God's word is keep pressing on. Keep going after your breakthrough. <laughs> and some of these days, you're going to touch the omnipotence of God. And you'll be delivered and healed and set free. Amen? Let's pray. Bless the Lord. Lord, we thank you for the inspiration of your holy word. Lord, these things are recorded to inspire and to encourage us and to lift our faith. Because sometimes our faith is weak, Lord. Sometimes we are weak in our thoughts and in our mind and in our body. But Lord, everything in us is pressing forward. We're going on. And Lord, you see that. We believe that you will honor that. So Lord, everyone today in this room who right now is facing that challenge and it may, may not be sickness, but it could be something else, Lord, for them is equally difficult. And they need a breakthrough. We pray, O oh God, that they will touch your omnipotence. 
and that your presence and that your power, that your healing virtue, that your deliverance will touch their bodies, their minds, their spirits, their circumstances, their situations, and that they'll get a mighty breakthrough. Lord, that you'll give them a testimony that others will be encouraged because they've heard it. So we give you thanks for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can also watch the Sermon of the Month video at youtube.com forward slash Moira Pentecostal or download the sermon video through our iTunes video podcast. For more information, visit us at www.mpc.org.uk. Thank you.